This is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. I am Sam Driscoll, and you know what? What? The Hurricanes are heading to the playoffs for the fourth straight year. Yes, they are. And if you like this episode, please share, leave a review, and hit that subscribe button so you will never miss another episode. Also, if you like it, please share it. Well, this week was loads of fun, wasn't it, guys? Oh, and we do have our first recurring guest in Holden Bradshaw. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Well, we have the first game we're going to review is uh, at Buffalo. Um, I wasn't able to see much of the first period, but what did you guys think of that first period? Let the guest go first. Let's see. Uh, <clears throat> a bit rough, from my remembrance. Uh, we did end up scoring. However, I, there just seems to be something... That the biggest thing I'm noticing recently has been the lack of getting a good clean entry, getting that net front presence, and sustaining the forecheck. It seems to be the, a lot of the shots that we're taking. Sure, we're getting shots on goal, but they're, they don't seem to be the highest quality chances because we just don't have anyone in front. We didn't end up scoring in that period, but... That was a great goal by Foss. It was, it was. And, I mean, it's the only line that's getting it on the forecheck, getting the net front presence... So, I mean, it's the only line that's really doing all of the right things, while you have the rest of the lines kind of just going through the motions. They'll hop in, get a shot off, not really a high-danger chance. And when they have a high-danger chance, they are, for whatever reason, completely unable to cash in on it. Yeah, and I think that was the same um, for that D'Angelo breakaway, I believe, that I heard um, also in the first period. Was he trying to go five-hole again? No, actually, surprisingly enough, D'Angelo went glove side, so he actually did elevate the puck. I mean, Craig Anderson has been, for for Buffalo, he's a 40-year-old netminder. He's been playing really well, so I'll give him props. He's been a bright spot in Buffalo's um, rough season, you know, that and Jeff Skinner. Who who has found found himself on the score sheet tonight? That game uh, have been good. I mean, they have some good young players. I don't really see Buffalo um, staying out of the playoffs much longer. Oh, they don't. Uh, Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck both part of that deal. That uh, 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 the Eichel deal that they got. They both been playing very well. Um, and Thompson. Don't yeah, Thompson. Thompson. They brought him in for the trade. I think. Of Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly out to um, St. Louis, I believe. So, I mean, Buffalo's got a good team, good up-and-coming team. So, I I think next season they're going to take another step. Um, And if they keep Craig Anderson and he plays another season, they're probably going to be a good team. They've been playing well lately, so they're definitely not. They're definitely playing like a team that should be in the playoffs right now, but they had a really rough start. And injuries to goaltending and lack of goaltending depth... (laughs) at a critical point in the season, doomed them. Yeah, and we also saw something new um, with the black pants instead of the red ones. What did you guys think of that? On the away jerseys, we'll get to the home 
jerseys, but the away ones. I personally like it. I, I get I get where some people don't like that it looks more like Chicago. Uh, I've always been a big sucker for the uh, the black accent color. I personally prefer our alternate jerseys for that same reason. I just like the black in general. I think the black with the red accent looks nice. I liked it, and then I was not a big fan. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to look like Chicago, and I don't want to play like Chicago. So let's just stay away from Chicago. Yeah, especially when they're. They recently just said that they're going on a full-blown rebuild. But I also don't blame them for trying something a little different when you have been unable to win on national TV. So my guess is they probably were just like, ah, what the heck, let's try something new. It worked once of the two times. Yeah, national TV has just been not a good record for us. That we need to shake off. Yeah, we haven't played well in, on national television at all. But, um, I mean, it, it's part of the game, so, I mean, I, it's probably just a coincidence. You just gotta play a little bit better. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that really showed in the second peri- period with both Skinner and Middlestad. Skinner has been a Canes killer. Yeah, I mean, he, that seems to happen, too, with, with former players. That Carolina has sent off, except for maybe um, Halla, who hasn't really done much of anything against us since being sent away. Yet. Other than being a pest. So. Lindholm's done pretty good for us again. Well, for Calgary. Yeah, for Calgary. Um, Hannafin, not so much. I mean, I haven't seen much from Hannafin. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think at the end of the day with that trade. Calgary won it because of what they got with Lindholm. Um, I, I think Carolina benefited from it. I think it's hard to argue that we didn't. I mean, yeah, we, at the end of the day, we lost both assets for nothing, but you got a playoff berth, so you have to decide if that was worth losing Lindholm and Hannafin, because Dougie Hamilton was an integral part at the time of, of reaching the playoffs for the first time in nine seasons. So you, you have to, you know... Pick your poison. So I think at the end of the day, both teams benefited from the trade, but Calgary won it. Yeah, and also in that trade was Adam Fox, and we know that he's Adam with Fox is the Rangers. Little, is a little, a little squirt, but because <laughs> <laughs> I can't say another word on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, Buffalo's up two to one. Um, after the second period. Again, scoring woes are happening. We'll talk more in-depth about that later on in this episode. But in the third period, the third line, the stall line, does it again with Nino scoring. Yeah, Nino has been a very great scoring player, and it's been impressive. Um, Nino Ryder and uh, Stahl. Stahl had two points in that game. I mean, George Stahl's been fantastic. Uh, Nino Ryder has been fantastic, so has Fox. Um, it's important that the rest of the team start to follow suit. And I think because of that, there needs to be a discussion of throwing all of the lines in the blender. Yes, you have one line that's doing well, but that line can't really, truly, uh, that line can't carry you. It's going to, yeah, can't carry you in the playoffs. And that's a problem. Yeah. And, in that third period, again, um, Stalling's been great. Other lines haven't. 
and Olsen and Cousins both score. Um, and Anderson played that game, and I thought there were a, couple, a few goals that uh, he could have had there. I think um, the Olofsson and uh, Middlestat goals he could have had. The Skinner, I thought, was a true defensive breakdown. Uh, that was a two-on-one. Uh, Brett Pesci should have played Skinner because he, he was the player that got the puck and scored. Um, and Shea just turned it over. So that that pairing has been rough this week for the Canes, both Shea and Pesci. And you would think that might be our probably strongest defensive pairing. They should be. Uh, but both Pesci and Shea have been playing some atypical games, which is not good, not when you're going into this critical point of the season. Yes, Carolina are playing teams now that are not playing meaningful games. But I hate to break it to you, <laughs> they're meaningful for Carolina, for the Metropolitan Division. There's some people out there who are trying to argue that the games don't matter. You know, it doesn't. You're getting in the playoffs. That's all that matters. Mm, not really. Almost advantage for the Carolina Hurricanes. It's critical. Yeah. Because last last year, just let's talk last year. Carolina lost. The only time they lost at home was against Tampa Bay, and that the year that the year prior. The only time that would matter, and I don't count the bubble, but in the year before when they made the playoffs the first time, the only singular time they lost at home was twice to the Boston Bruins. Home ice is critical for Carolina's success because if you have a seven-game series and you can't seem to win away, but you can win at home, you win the series. Yeah. What's funny, though, is, I mean, if Rangers win that division, would you, would you rather play Pittsburgh? No. Over the likes of Tampa or Boston. Because I think Toronto has solidified that second place in the Atlantic a little bit. Honestly, I take the hot take and probably say I'd rather play Tampa in the first round. Yeah, because they have not been playing good. I think my preference would still be Boston, and that's just because we did manhandle them in, in the regular season. And I feel as though getting over that hump, that curse that Boston knocked us out twice... I think would be I think would be so so good for the team's morale and I think it would give them momentum. I think taking and I think Tampa's a good 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 option too. I think if you're able to exercise those demons, the only two teams that have knocked you out of the playoffs have been Tampa Bay and Boston. If you're able to to knock one of them out or both of them, you really set yourself up with having a, a lot of confidence. Because you're going to have to score. Well, if you're playing Tampa Bay, you, you're going to have to beat Andre Vasilevsky. He's the best goaltender in the world. If you're able to knock that goaltender off his game and you're willing to be able to win a series, that's huge. You're playing Boston, who probably has the best line in hockey with Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand. That's hard to beat. I think that benefits you greatly. Those two teams would give you momentum moving forward of exercising a demon of you beat the team that beat you before. In your mind, you're gonna think there's no one else. You know, there's no one else here that's gonna be able to beat you. Yeah. With Florida, I think they have great offense, but I have questions about their goaltending. And questions about their defense. Um, I have questions. I I think Toronto has no goaltending capabilities now. Uh, Morazic's hurt. He probably won't be back. (laughs) Jack Campbell is not proven at all as a solid goaltender that's consistent. Um, their young goaltender. He's a young kid. I mean, you saw what happened to Nedeljkovic in the playoffs. He kind of altered. I think that's 
reasonable to assume that that could happen to this other kid that they have in Toronto. Good, you can outscore, but scoring is good in the playoffs, but you need to have a solid defense. And physicalness, I would say, too. which Toronto does not have uh, at all. Uh, I think think they've gotten better with the physicalness, because they added Wayne Simmons, um, and uh, I know they added um, TJ Brody, too. Um, both are pretty physical, and Mark Giordano. I think that's fair, but I still don't believe Toronto has what it takes. Everyone's very high on Matthews and Marner, but everyone was high on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. It doesn't matter if you have two people who can score goals, if you don't have that depth capability that I think Carolina has. If Carolina's players are playing at their best, Carolina is better than Toronto even though we don't have an Austin Matthews or and Mitch Marner, but I would probably take Ajo over Marner. But even though we don't have an Austin Matthews player, I mean, Toronto doesn't have a bottom six who compares to Carolina's bottom six. I mean, not many teams could say that, you know, because it's happened recently that you have someone like Marty Natchez who, when he plays well, is on the fourth line. That's not often at all. He's a top six forward. So I think Carolina's got it, but playing... Tampa Bay or Boston, I think, would be the healthiest opponents for Carolina to play. I think that would help them move forward. Whether it's tough or not, I think it would be good to to possibly try and knock them out. And if you knock them out, I think you're going to do pretty well. I would agree. Um, That's gone to the only win this week, which was against Buffalo again, but here at home. Uh, They played a lot better game. Now, first period, awful. Right out of the gate, Thompson and Tuck. And you cannot play that way. You played poorly and got down early to a Buffalo Sabres squad who's young and experienced and they're not making the playoffs. If you were to pull that stunt against Florida, against uh, even against Toronto, against Boston, against Tampa Bay, against the Capitals, you're probably not going to come back and do what Carolina did. I mean, you have to look at who we did this to. You're like, oh, good, we did this. You know, we can come back against, no, boss. You know, it's still Buffalo. It's you. You can't expect to play poorly, get down early, and like not show up to a game, and then still pull off a win like they did. I think it's a dangerous habit to get into. It is, and Florida's gotten into that habit a lot, where they. uh, I remember last night, uh, Buffalo was up three to one against Florida. Florida won four to three. They cannot keep doing that. I think Florida has, even though I think they have the best offense, um, they cannot play that type of style in the playoffs. And I, I know with Buffalo and a lot of these teams that are out of the playoffs, <laughs> the biggest thing with them is that there's no pressure anymore. Yeah. Uh, they can now just play spoilers, but that should still not be an excuse for these playoff teams like Carolina. Um, who need these wins, and especially when you're competing for the first place yeah. position in the Metro. Which is coveted. I mean, that, that I mean, when you're playing as great of teams as you are against, you have the Carolina, the Rangers, the Penguins, the Capitals, and um, I think that's it. I think you only have four players in the Metro that are going to make it. So those, I mean, that that's tough. You want to be number one if you're having to play those teams. Because if you're number one, then the only team that you're going to be stuck against 
is going to be the uh, Florida Panthers who would have home ice. I don't really see. I, I don't. I kind of fall in that whole President's Trophy curse thing. I'm not fond of it. I don't really care to have it. I know. I know a lot of people want it. You know, home ice throughout the playoffs is great, but there's still that little. There's going to be that thought in their heads too of we just won the President's Trophy. Teams that win the President's Trophy don't always win. Win. So I'm content with. I actually would be okay with Florida. My preference would be the Florida Panthers winning the the President's Trophy for one reason. If we make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, and say we're number two, say we've somehow caught up with Colorado, right? And Florida's number one, we're number two, Colorado's number three. We get home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup Finals. So you know, being in that number two spot with Florida at number one, I think is good because you can solidify home ice in the finals. And yeah. I think that's what's where it's going to matter more. But again, Colorado's got to get there. Carolina's got to get there. Florida's got to get there. Colorado's choked the last couple of years. Their roster hasn't changed a whole lot. So, question's going to be, can you know? And the same with Carolina. Can Carolina? Can Florida? Can Colorado? The three best teams in the league. Can they exercise their demons and get to where they need to go? They all have them. Florida hasn't won a first a playoff round in years. Toronto, I mean, saying you can add Toronto into the mix. Toronto hasn't won a playoff round since before, you know, the Atlanta Thrashers were a franchise. Um, then you have uh, Colorado, who has struggled. They cannot seem to get out of, I think, the second past the second round of the playoffs and sometimes the first. So you have some really, really good teams that probably really, truly deserve to be in that, East, you know, Eastern and Western Conference Finals and the Finals, right? So it becomes, okay... Can these teams do it now? Because I think in the East, it should be Carolina and Florida who come up to the Eastern Conference Finals. Then you have Colorado. I would argue Minnesota right now. I think they're the best, one of the second best team in the West, um, especially with the acquisition of Marc-Andre Fleury, who is an absolute stellar netminder. And and, and Cal, I think Calgary is probably third on my list. With, I think Marstrom's a good goalie. So, I'm... Again, you could probably add Calgary as a fringe fifth for a team that has demons to exercise in the playoffs. <laughs> they tend to choke. And you know, that's why like Calgary and Toronto for me are equal. I and Edmonton, I just I don't believe they're I don't believe they haven't given me reason to believe that they can do it. At least with Carolina and Colorado. They've won some playoff series. They can they can do their thing. Gotta see more. Yeah, well we'll see. Um but Back to that Buffalo game, uh, down two to nothing, and then uh, the first line, Aho, Svech, and Jarvis really show up um, in a, uh, the, through the rest of the game. I will probably say after that first period, as Aho gets a goal, and then Buffalo scores again with Olafson tying it. That was a really quick goal too. It's something that I would like to bring up. We see it. We see it in that game. We've seen it before in the previous games, and it seems to be becoming a more reoccurring event. In that 5-3 win, Ajo scores at 4.59. Olofsson scores at 5.29. 30 seconds later. Go back to the Dallas game on March 24th, which was a 4-3 shutout loss. Uh, in third period, Trocek scored at 2.43. Hint scored at 3.43, minute apart. Nino scores again at 
Hints then the sc- hints scores again at eleven twenty three. Once again, a minute apart. Jump to the Tampa game on March twenty ninth. Another four three overtime loss. Jarvis scores at eight forty one. Hedman scores at nine forty three. A little two seconds over a minute apart. Uh, we see it again in the most recent loss, which we'll get to in a minute. But Trotrek scores at nineteen oh three in the third period. And uh, Palmieri scores at 19.45, literally f- about 14 seconds later. Or not, sorry, not 14, but uh, uh, with 14 seconds left, but a little over 30 seconds later. And that, that's something that you've got, you've got to cut back on. You cannot let, you cannot score and then get that momentum from scoring and immediately have it taken away, ripped away, less than a minute later. That's honestly worse than, in my opinion, than scoring, and then five minutes later the other team gets two, because you get you get that immediate momentum shift, only to have a slap in the face, it ripped away, and it feels like it was pointless. Yeah. Um. What What do you think goes on in our players' mind when we score and then suddenly? It's our the puck is in our end, and the other team scores within seconds. Do what do you think is going on there? It's hard to say. Uh, part of it, the most obvious answer could be, well, you've scored. You kind of you get that relief of scoring, which subconsciously you step off the gas a little bit. But you would hope that isn't the issue, seeing that most of the time we're behind when we're scoring like that. Uh, it and it could just be a fact, a matter of well, the other team buckles up and plays better. That's always an option. People like to blame it on the the guys not playing well, things like that. Sometimes they could be playing well and the other team just buckles down and plays better for two or three shifts, which is enough to get a goal. That sometimes happens. Yeah, it does. But like you said, this has been a reoccurring theme for the Hurricanes for the past few weeks. They need to get rid of that. Um, because th- this it's been against teams like uh, Buffalo being one of them, New York Islanders, uh, obviously Tampa, great team, uh, Dallas, on the up and up it seems, but you, it's it's something that you just have you have to you you cannot have that in the playoffs. If you it, let that yeah. happen in the playoffs, you're going to be wearing yourself out. Yeah, you 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 really can't. And the defense recently, especially this past week. Has been spotty. They, uh, especially the Shea and Pesci pairing. Uh, but it's just frustrating seeing the other teams getting these goals very quickly after our goals, because before this theme has been happening for us, whenever we got a goal, we were confident. We would step up and try to get another. Take over the game. Yes. I don't know where that has gone. I wonder if it's a mentality issue because we do have such a young team still, especially with the forwards. Which is why I think at the deadline, I think we probably should have gotten someone a little bit better than Domi. Um, I think we probably need a younger version of Justin Williams. I think is what this team needed. I'm not saying Domi's been Eric playing Stahl. terrible. Oh my! Eric Stahl. 
said it before, I'll say it again. Eric Stahl would have provided that necessary void. Well. You can you can keep living that dream, Sam. But as as you were saying, it's like beforehand, one one game for that uh that I would use as a prime example, the six one win over Washington. It was a little spotty until the Hurricanes scored, and then they just kept pushing, they kept pounding, they kept they just took over the game. Because there was confidence in this team. Yeah, there was confidence. And it seems recently that sure they still get the, they still score, but they don't have that same push after they score. They don't to just take over the game. It is it it really is concerning, um, but luckily uh, for us in that game against Buffalo, Terry Vinan scores. Uh, he reaches up or jumps up, I would say. I think catches the puck and then he scores good on Turbo. And then in the third period, period we play just like we usually do um, earlier in the season with both Stahl and Ajo getting the goals. That um, Again, the Stahl line's been great. Um, I like the Ajo's fetch and Jarvis um, line in that game. Um, I don't think it's going to be sustainable in the playoffs. I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, of Turbo being back with Ajo. Would you agree? I'm honestly not sure at this point, just because of the offensive drop <coughs> that everyone's been in. I know they tend to play well together, but I think you just gotta... You, you, I don't know. I don't... I don't... I don't know. When it comes to Jarvis, from I, I think that he's played well in a majority of the games that he has, no matter where he is in the lineup. Uh, I think when he got brief, or put back on the top six, there was a burst of energy from that that resulted in a lot in him playing even better than he has been uh but as you're saying i don't necessarily think that that's sustainable uh i definitely definitely keep him in in the lineup i'm not saying not a proponent for scratching or anything like that but uh he is a young guy sometimes sometimes playing those top minutes can take it out of you after a few games. Yeah, it can. Uh, what, what do you think of Jarvis? I like Jarvis. Um, I think, so, when you look back at the last few months, the two players that kind of stood out for having droughts have been Jarvis and Natchez. They just weren't scoring. But I think the difference between Jarvis and Natchez is Jarvis was playing well, even though he wasn't scoring goals, where Natchez was playing piss-poor performing. Mean, you know, he was a turnover was, machine. Horrible. Yeah, he turned the puck over at the worst possible times. He did it in this game, too. He took a penalty that was absolutely stupid. So did Bear. And, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, you need more from him. I don't know if it's the contract, but if it's the contract, good gracious day. If you want a good contract, at least do something. Svechnikov didn't have a great year last year, but he still contributed more so than Natchez has. And, I mean, you know, if you're gonna if you're going to turn the puck over like you have been, okay, well, you need to score. You need to counterbalance that. Was, that. that was one thing that, when comparing Svech, or Svech to Natchez with the rough contract years, that was one thing that Svech did. When he made a mistake, he tended to do something to right it shortly afterwards, whereas Natchez has struggled to be able to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, Svechnikov obviously didn't have his best season last year, but he still had a good year. Natchez is not having his best year, and it's not a good year. I tend to agree with Adam Gold. I don't see Natchez coming back with this team. I think there's possibility that there's already been some sour relations there with how they handled Natchez's contract in the beginning, where we basically got four years out of a three-year deal. So you're going to have to look at it. You know, I don't know if he's going to want to come back. I think that may have been maybe one of the reasons why we signed Yemi. One of the reasons maybe why we brought in Domi is the tryout because there's no in- there is no anticipation of Natchez coming back. I mean, you send him out for a pick, you can send Natchez out for a player. Natchez he has a lot of value. Yeah, even with sure. a rough year, he still has that value because he's a young player. He is a good player. You see it even in even through this season where it hasn't been great, especially early on. He has speed. He has scoring ability. He can work around the other team. Yeah, it's just recently he's struggled extremely hard with puck management, turnovers. Yes, actually hitting the net, which we'll get yep. to later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean nature's, and I mean nature's can turn around play. He could turn it into you know sometimes players truly have that another gear that they kick into in the playoffs. We actually saw that with Kanyemi last year in Montreal. And oh my goodness, he played fantastic. And but he got, him, yeah, they scratched was, him. Which was probably the dumbest decision Montreal's ever made, but no one's ever accused them of being a smart franchise. Um, so, Kotkaniemi, you know, I think it's just an example. You know, we could get that from Natchez, where he gets into the playoffs and he's like, holy crap, you know, I might not be with this team next year. I could be with a team that's not a playoff team. Dylan's looking to rebuild. Bring it in Natchez would be good for them. You know, so it's like, okay, um, this might be my chance now to win a cup. Let's not win a cup. You win a cup with Carolina, and if you don't want to keep him and he plays well, you have up to <laughs> it benefits the team for Nature's Bell, whether they offer him a contract or whether or not they trade him in the off season. So, you know, you hope Nature's can find that second gear. And I, I truly believe Aho will, because I don't think he's been playing his best hockey lately either. But no, but he's been the most consistent well, I would, forward. I, I would argue that Jordan Stahl. Well, right yeah, Jordan Stahl, but I meant like in the top six specifically. Ajo has yes. been the more consistent. But I would like to see him score a few more goals more often than he does. But I also believe when it comes to losing, there isn't anybody on this team that hates to lose more than Sebastian Ajo. So, and I think that's going to really show in the playoffs. And there could be a concern now with some of the players, like just mentally. Like I don't want to get Svechnikov. I think is another player I'm concerned about. Yeah, and like I said, I think there could be this mentality of oh crap, we're almost you know we've made the playoffs. We don't want anyone to get hurt, so there's this concern that there might be like this. There could be that small amount of like oh boy, (laughs) I don't want to get hurt. Like I want to play. Kotkaniemi just got hurt on a senseless play at the end of the game. Some of them might be playing a little bit more cautious. I hope not, because I think it matters winning the division. To me, it more comes down to, as we've just, as I've said before, we've seen it in a lot of the recent games. The net front presence has evaporated. The for, the sustaining sustaining the forecheck has disappeared. Clean entries are hard to come by, which has not been a struggle for almost the entire year. Uh, 
in that in that win against Buffalo, you saw that kind of start to come back, where they were starting to get that net front presence, and guess what? Turned into a win. But then we move on to last yeah, night's game. Yes, Islanders. Islanders. And we see that net front presence disappear again. It came back in the third period. It came back, and look what almost happened. Yes. We scored uh, with the Trotrack goal, but that first period, honestly, I would say that was our... Natchez can score on an empty net, just saying. (laughs) Same same kind of look, right? You have a puck on your stick, right? (laughs) You got the puck on your stick. You have the whole net open. Trotrack puts it in. Natchez finds a way to hit the goaltender. Not the net, the goalie. I know. I was pissed when he did that. You would have had Steve Dangle saying, you need to tend the goal. But no, Nate just made it easy for him. Gotta put it in the net, man. Yeah, oh, he does. Um, But I would, I mean, that first period against the Islanders, I would argue that was probably our best period. Um, And then it just went downhill from there. 100%. That That first period, I was feeling good about the game. I was like, okay, you come out with no no goals, which isn't isn't great, but you know it seems yeah it seems to be normal for us exactly. Recently. But you carry that over in the second period, you carry that over in the third. Islanders are going to be gas. Yeah, you're going to eventually break it. But they came out in the second completely flat. Only one shot on goal. One shot on goal that entire period. Which is atypical Carolina hockey. Usually we're shooting, you know, between 30 and 40 shots on goal. Very much so. Now, uh, credit the Islanders, they have a very unique structure to their game. With Barry Trotz behind, but still no excuse when you're trying to battle for that first place position in the Metro. Islanders hockey is... Suffocating. Boring hockey. I mean, it's, it's just... They play a trap game... And you have that. They play like the New Jersey Devils did back in the early 2000s, and, and honestly, mid 2000s. It's just like they, they're content with one nothing to one. They score a goal. They try to lock it down. You tie it. They go out to get the goal because they can. But if they do, then they lock it down. And that that kind of game is just mind-numbingly boring to watch. But it works for them. I mean, they have a coach in Barry Trotz. I mean. I still think he's one of the best coaches I mean, well, yeah. in the NHL. You, you got to give credit where credit is due. Carolina, especially this season and even the season before that, has made an identity for themselves in being phenomenal at the transition game. In in the neutral zone, Carolina has always dominated. Every team that we've seen this year that has shut us down in the neutral zone has shut us down entirely. No clean entry. They've fallen off their their. Core, core four check and once again four check and net front presence. It seems that if if we get shut down in the neutral zone, we get knocked off our game. Yeah, we I mean we we allowed the Islanders to play a trap game, and Carolina cannot play that kind of game because we're not a big physical team who can really do that style of game. You know what well, we can shut you down too, and we have the type of team to shut you down, not in the physicality way, but we can shut you down. But if we get locked into that kind of a game. The offense dries up, and we got locked into that kind of a game. We're a young, faster, we're a younger and faster team than the Islanders. Islanders have a lot of older players on their team because if you're going to tell me right now that Sebastian Ajo, Jarvis, or Teravainen can't walk Zdeno Char, I'm going to look at you and think you're nuts. Char is older. You can walk him. 
Like, you need to try. You need to He's been walked a couple of times last night. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like I said, you can do it. I'm honestly surprised Chara stayed with the Islanders at the deadline. But regardless, you can walk him. Like there are a lot of players on the on the Islanders defense that you can walk and that you can make look look stupid. I think the Islanders' issue is, is their defense. I don't think they really have any. I think their strength is their offense and their their size, which is why they can play the trap game. If you don't have skill. The Islanders don't really have that one player that's super skilled, maybe Matt Barzal. Barzal is the closest, but I would say on a, on a very good team like the Hurricanes or Colorado, Florida, Barzal, I think, is a solid second-line option, yeah. in my opinion. And I think that's what you got to think about when you're playing a team like this, where they don't have the star power, but they have you know good players. They're going to try and shut you down, because they got to buy their opportunities. I really don't remember... The Islanders really having a lot of great chances in the game. They made they didn't, couple, but they got the one goal. They shut it down. That's what they wanted to do. We and, tied it. They got a goal and then shut it down for the last sixteen seconds. And that and first Carolina goal almost got one. I mean, they almost popped it in the last couple of seconds, tie it again. But you know, well, that's what it is. That first goal by uh, John Gabriel Pajot, uh, Ethan Bear just turns the puck over. And again, it's these defensive mistakes that just, I'm like, what the heck? Because defense is our strength. And we're making these big mistakes. Nobody on our defense, except for, I would say, probably Ian Cole, has been good this week. Yeah, which is surprising. Usually Ian Cole Cole can have a few interesting moments. But I felt like that game, Carolina, I mean, they should be ashamed of how they played in general. I mean, I thought Anderson was good that game. I think he, I think Anderson deserved a better fate. I don't think the Carolina Hurricanes deserved a better fate. Uh, I think they should be embarrassed with how that game ended. They should be ashamed of themselves. They let their fans down that night. The power play was a joke. I mean, just a pure joke. That oh, it game. was. Brendan Moore called it out after the game. He said, well, the first unit was a joke. The second one was better, but still not much. Yeah. The only time they had any kind of a zone time was usually like the last 30 seconds after the second unit got some kind of a sh- momentum moving around. And by then, it's too late. I mean... Yeah, it's too late. And then and Natchez, who has a wide-open net, cannot bury it. But Trochak can. I would argue Natchez has more skill than Trochak. But I why can't he... Why can he not... Make it. He shoots right at the goalie. And I think you got to realize, you know, tomorrow you're playing Anaheim. They're one. They've won one game in their last ten games. Anaheim has. But you have to come into it understanding one thing that's important. Anaheim players are more skilled than the Islanders have. Oh, I so, love Zegras. So you know you're going to have to understand. You know, and and I and the and the Ducks are not physical. So you might be able to attempt an intimidating game. Carolina can get physical when they want to. But you cannot allow their skilled players to show you up. This is a game you have to win. I, I would say this is a must-win game. You, you have the, so you have the Rangers play today, um, later this afternoon, um, against Ottawa. You expect the Rangers to win, right? I mean, it's in New York. You should beat the, you should beat the Senators. That's simple. You, Rangers will 
If you're talking about it, we'll just assume they win. Then we're tied in points. We each have 100 points. Rangers will clinch a playoff spot with that win. Yep. So, if they do, we're tied in points. We still hold the Metro because after the Rangers play today, they will have played one more game than us. We're tied. Those games against the Rangers <clears throat> have become important. more important than they really needed to be at this stage of the season. Right? You need to win one. You need to get three out of four, right? That, that's what it is. You need to go in and get three out of four. And if the Rangers get three out of four, you know, the, we're, you tie in points where nothing really, no change is in the standings. That's worst case scenario for Carolina. Best case scenario, you go in, you get four points. But either, and, and that's concerning. And don't forget as well, the key phrase, key thing to games in hand, they only matter if you do something with them. Exactly. And they didn't last night, because now we have played the same amount of games. No. So New York Rangers could give us a gift, and if they do, if they lose tonight, they've given Carolina that, they they gave Carolina a chance to make up their uh, horrendous performance last night. But you're playing, you know, it's like, okay, they're playing Ottawa at home in the Garden. I really don't think the Rangers are going to lose that game. It is possible. Of course they could, right? Any any team, I, I do still believe that any team can beat any team. Yes. Yeah, like, I don't know for sure. No pressure on Ottawa. Yeah. No, None. And that's what it is. That's true. You have a lot of pressure on New York. It's an important game for them, right? They, they want to win to tie Carolina. But the the Sens could go in and shock them in the Garden, which would be fantastic. I mean, look, look, at, the, look at the Carolina Hurricanes. We seem to struggle with teams that, according to statistics and what people say and standings and all that, which, to be fair, does have some meaning, but really doesn't mean much. We have a we have a way of losing games that we, according to everyone, should win. Yeah. So it it's a hundred percent possible. Anything can happen. And I think it's important to note Carolina's done pretty good against playoff teams this year. Indeed. I, I don't think that's been <clears throat> talked about enough. Colorado was a great game, and we won two nothing. I th- yeah. I think Colorado to I mean you could say Florida. I I I think Colorado is better than Florida in my opinion, but. Yes. I mean, you know, in recent memory, you know, we've beaten Tampa Bay, we we beat Washington, we did beat Col- we shut out the Colorado Avalanche. They have Nathan McKinnon. I think that was their second shut. That was only the second time they've been shut First out this time. season. First time, okay. First time the Colorado didn't score a goal at all in a game. That says a lot. Colorado's good, and there and there's some hope. You know, we were pretty upset last night. We sent out some tweets that that expressed that, and I think it's con- I think it's appropriate. I think some would argue it's not. I I don't think they've watched games or really understand that the issue Carolina's in right now, where in the last couple of months, you, and overall, you're not playing where you need to play. You're not playing at the intensity level you need to. You're not playing at the the high bar you need to play at. If you think there's no cause for concern, well, then you're not watching the games. And, but, and, and honestly, if you if you go the route of saying, well, they've clinched the playoff spot now, they're intentionally not playing up to that standard so that nobody gets hurt. They still need to play. I don't think Brendamore would let that fly. No. I feel like if you were to do that under Brendamore, he would sit you on purpose. Immediately. Yes. If you if you <clears throat> were found to do it on purpose, absolutely. I think there is cause from concern, but I think there's cause to recognize that this team is capable of winning a Stanley Cup. They are. Absolutely. 
but they have to find themselves again. They need to be the team that shut out Colorado, that blasted the St. Louis Blues, that blasted the, the Capitals. Capitals. They need to be the same team that dominated the beginning of the season. Yeah, they won. They rattled off nine straight wins. You gotta, you have to be able to do that, right? I mean, Anderson has not played well. Ronta, in my opinion, has been the better of the two. I think Anderson had a good game against the Islanders. I, I personally do. I thought he played fine. I don't really blame him for either of those goals. That he was screened on one, and then the other one, it was a defensive breakdown, and I don't think he had much of a chance. And they was screened on that one too. Well, so. Shea Shea should have played the body on that last goal. He was too puck focused, and when we're on our game, I would say there is some physicality yes. in our game. Svechnikov can get darn right nasty if Even he wants also, to. Yeah, yes, I've seen physicality from him this year that I never expected, and it's been a good thing to see because guess what? People don't mess with that first line as much as they used to. No, they don't. So I don't want to be like, well, physicality isn't a part of this team. You need physicality in the playoffs. You need defense in the playoffs, and both we've been struggling with. But um. And I, and I do think it's frustrating. For, there, there is cause for concern. I think if you want to argue there's not, again, I, I don't think you've watched the games. I mean, yeah, you might be going off what they did earlier, but it's not what you did earlier that matters. It's what you go into the playoffs rolling in. If you go into the playoffs, we have 10 games left. If you walk into the playoffs, say, splitting them evenly and 5-5, five and five, that is not going to cut it as a playoff team. You cannot go in there and split. You need to win a majority. I think in order to have a successful final 10, you need to be somewhere like 7-2-1, 7-3-0. You need to rattle off seven wins. I think that's successful. You need to have that dominant performance because who are we playing? Non-playoff teams. Yes, they have nothing to lose, but we have everything to gain. So we need to go in and play with that intensity of we need to win this game. We have two games that matter the most, both of them in Madison Square Gardens against the Rangers. Can't let those two games go. You got to win them both. If you yeah. can at least win one. If you if you split them, you know that is what it is. You know you get two points each, three points each. But you you can't you can't go in and expect to uh, to keep Metro if you don't go into Madison. And you won't. And you definitely won't win a playoff series if you lose them both. That tells you a lot. There, you got to be able to win in Madison Square Gardens. I know that arena has been a curse for Carolina, but. They got to go and improve this year. They got to go and improve now. That they can, they can do it because it's possible you're going to play New York in the playoffs. Because I think they'll beat the Penguins if they're number two. I do. I think they'll beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. But and then you got to play New York. Here's my question: Do you think Carolina is trying to position themselves to play Pittsburgh? No. And to me, the reason why no, is because no. I think Boston did that in the round robin series. To go up against us, no, um, I don't think so. you don't think so? <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't think, so. think Rod would fly with us. Yeah, at that point, you're intentionally losing games, and that, and that, I mean, that goes against the entire mentality of the team. And I'm sorry, I have no, I have no desire to play Sidney Crosby in the first round of the playoffs. That in the first <clears throat> last time we played the Pittsburgh Penguins, I swept them. So I'm not overly enthused about playing them. Um, it's been years, so there really is nothing there. I mean, 
I just, I just don't want to, I don't play Crosby in the first round. I'm sorry. I have no interest in that. Just like I really don't want to play Ovechkin in the first round either. And Stamkos, Kucherov, well, and there's Vasilevsky. More, there's more There's more to gain from beating a team that's recently beaten you. And that's kind of where my mindset is. You haven't played the Pence in years in the playoffs. You haven't played. You played Washington. You already beat them. There is no demon there. It is for them, but not for us. Beating Boston or beating Tampa Bay is more of a mental bonus and a momentum gainer. Because they're the demons, and if you can fight that, I think it gives yeah, you a lot of motivation. Steve Dangle talk a lot about de- demons, too, in, in his stuff. If you've watched any of his stuff recently, he talks about Toronto having those demons on the team, where they blow games, where they've done it in the past, in the playoffs, in the regular season. They lose games they really have no business losing, right? They went up three games to one on Montreal, and... Pfft, and then they lost series, right? In seven. So I think there's a lot to say about teams having their demons. And I think a lot of them do. Edmonton does. Toronto does. Calgary does. Carolina does. Colorado does. A lot of these teams in the playoffs, pretty much other than Tampa Bay in the last couple of years, do have demons. I, I would see. Tampa yeah. exercised them two years ago after getting swept in the first round. And it takes a lot. When you exercise your demons, which Tampa Bay did because they got to play Columbus again. And that time they beat him, that was big for the team because a lot of them stayed, the team stayed very, pretty much the same the last three years. So you have to be able to exercise your demons in order to be successful. And so far, Tampa Bay did it. So the question is this season can Carolina, Carolina do, do it? it? Can these teams do it? I think the team that does is going to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think in the West, if Colorado is able to kind of advance, Colorado will have exercised their demons and they're going to move on to the Stanley Cup Finals. I really don't see any team in the West who's going to be able to beat them. Maybe Minnesota if they get lucky with Marc-Andre Fleury because I think the Minnesota goaltending situation is better than Colorado. I think that's Colorado's only true weakness (coughs) is Darcy Kemper. He's good. I mean, he's still a stellar goaltender. Marc-Andre Fleury is significantly better. And just who he is as a goalie, because because you know what it takes to win in the playoffs. I will playoffs. say the games that I've watched Flurry though, he has seemed to struggle with rebounds this year. And it's possible for him getting older, but until he falters in the playoffs, I, I can't exactly I can't bet against Mark Andre Flurry. Then you have a goalie like Darcy Kemper who's been in and 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 Coyote on the Coyotes, so he really doesn't have much of any playoff experience. I actually don't know if he has any playoff experience. I'd have to check, and then. You do have, and then Carolina has that too. I mean, Freddie Anderson has some demons to exercise in the playoff. Can he do it? I think he can uh, because um, with Toronto, there's so much pressure. No matter which player it is, Toronto, there's so much pressure because that's where all of the media is focused on is Toronto. I think Anderson can, and I think Anderson can also get out of a bit of, of a fluke that he's been having too. Shesterkin had this a f- couple weeks ago. Every goalie goes through this. Markstrom, Markstrom, who has been phenomenal this year for Calgary, has yeah. when he plays great, he plays great. That's why he has what is it now, nine shutouts on the season or something? It's some ridiculous number. <laughs> yeah. It's his some high ridiculously high number yeah, when for he plays shutouts. Bad, he looks like Scott Darling. Yeah, so. when he, when he, but when he plays bad, it's bad. It's just bad. And part of me wonders with Anderson, because he got hurt, right, in that collision against the Caps. 
And that's kind of when he started to see his, his he start to kind of not look so good. So he, there might be something lingering there. Personally, down the stretch, you let Anderson get some starts. But I might lean a little bit heavier on Antiranta. Because you want him fresh for the playoffs. You had to play Anderson in yeah, the playoffs. Know, Anderson has earned the crease. He is the number one goaltender. But right now, because of how the play has been going, I know in this last week, um, Ranta has a, let's see, a .857 save percent, and you have Anderson with .861. But a lot of those numbers are based off of her, the Carolina Hurricanes' ability to shot suppress. So not many shots on goal. I mean, you know, poor Ranta got, he had no chance on those two against the Sabres, right? I mean, they were empty net goal. There was nothing Ranta was going to do. He was either screened or the defense broke down on those first two shots on goal, which is why his numbers don't look so good. But I think Auntie Ranta, in the last month and a half, has well, since that Caps game, Ranta has been the better of the two. But Anderson is still the number one guy. But let him, you know, have some time. I feel confident with Auntie Ranta. And I'm, I know you I do too. too. So let Ranta play some games. Because if at the end of the day you get into the playoffs and Anderson's not performing, Ranta's been pretty healthy this season. Ronta can take the crease over. And I, I, you know, you, you saw him do it in, in Arizona on occasion too. Auntie Ronta can go in and take a crease over if he's hot. So, and Anderson clearly has two. So, I'm more Anderson worried was- about that in the playoffs though, because I remember with Mrazek and McElhinney, um at some point, I think it was the Boston series where we let Mrazek go in when he was healthy. And McElhinney, while he was playing good, it kind of threw Well, you, you switch up the off a bit. if you're in a position where, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> we're going to lose. So, you know, you, you do something to change things up. So you start another goaltender. Um, and I think it's reasonable. You start. You, the plan is you start Anderson in the playoffs. I really highly doubt there's much that's going to change Rod's mind with that, unless Auntie Ranta is just like rattles off, make a couple of shutouts and like a high 9.9 plus, say, percentage, like a 1.0, you know, 1. Point something goals against. I mean, just rattles off like an unbelievable stretch down, you know, on, you know down the stretch here. Um, but I think Anderson had a great game against the Islanders. I don't fault him on any of the goals. They were all defensive breakdowns. Um, I think it was healthy for him. I think it would have been better for him to get the win. I personally would play him tomorrow against the Ducks because I I think he played well and earned another start. And I think if he is unable to play at a high caliber rate against the Ducks, you go ahead and pull him at that point. Like If if the Ducks get like a 2-3 goal pop in the first period, you got to let Ronta go in, give Anderson a rest, you know, like, hey, you didn't play good, get it, you know, make him feel as though he just lost his crease, which he did in that game, because <clears throat> these two goalies are going to battle for it, and that's what we want. We want them to battle for the crease, but I, I don't think it's reasonable to be concerned, because I'm not concerned about Anderson. I'm not either. I think he might be dealing with something right now, but I think... I think come playoff time, the goaltending situation won't be the problem. It would, it'll probably be the offense if there's an issue. But I think our goaltending's great. We have, we have what is it, the Jennings Trophy for the best goaltending duo? Yeah, I saw something so like that. Carolina, yeah, Anderson and Ronta deserve to be in that conversation, and Anderson deserves to be in the conversation for Vesna. 
Yes, Shesterkin and um, I think Shesterkin that runs away with it. He's gonna win the the Vesna, and then Shesterkin probably deserves to be in the conversation for the Hart Trophy. Yeah, I, I don't think New York Rangers are where they are without Shesterkin. Because if you look at their backup goalie, oh boy, Georgiev is not very good, and he is very like five hundred in his performance. So if Shesterkin goes down, because that's you don't hope nothing happens to a good young goaltender. But if something happens, Shesterkin gets hurt. I don't, I don't think New York's going to be able to really do much. But we'll see. Let's see who do we who do we play this week? Let's go ahead and take a look at that. So this week we have some good games. I know. All right. So this week we have we will play the Anaheim Ducks to start, the New York Rangers, the Detroit Red Wings, and we will finish off with the Colorado Avalanche. We may or may not wait for that game to do the next pod. We'll see. But for sure, Anaheim, New York, and Detroit. Carolina should win all three. They need to win all three. But I think coming out with a, I think coming out with four or five points is good. What do you think, Holden? Uh, I think the most important thing is you got to get that one against New York. Yes, that's the most important game of these three. I think that's the most important game. You need to think. I would think you need to take one of Anaheim. Or you, you, you need, need to, to win, you need one, to win one of those, but you need to win that one against the Rangers. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. And then, I mean, let's just preview the last few games because, you know, we only got 10 left. So let's take a look. Anaheim, New York, Detroit, and Colorado. So you play two playoff teams this week New York and Colorado. Then you hit Arizona, one of the worst teams in the league. You should win that. We had trouble the last time against Arizona. You should, you should score. <laughs> they, they should score three plus goals that game. If that's important. You play Winnipeg at home. That's going to be a fun game, and it's just a fun team to watch as the Jets. You play the Devils. We've kind of struggled with them, but the hope is go ahead and take that one. Then you play the Islanders again in New York. Get some revenge. That's good. Play the Rangers again. That's the second to last game Once of the again, season. The, the two of the main games you need to win is the Rangers. In this round, final run are those two games against the Rangers. I think what would the games you need to win that really prove to you whether you're a playoff team is if you're beating the Rangers in Colorado. If you can go to Colorado and win and win both games against them, that's going to put doubt in their minds if you meet them in the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, oh crap, we couldn't beat them in Carolina, and we couldn't beat them here. It's going to sink in for them, right? Yeah. And then we got to play New York. If we can beat New York in Madison Square Gardens, like they beat us here that one time, we can go in and win there. I mean, you become a demon before you even get to the playoffs. Yes. And that's what you want. Just like that, that uh, the first season that we the Hurricanes got back into the playoffs. Yeah, Washington manhandled us in every game coming up to the playoffs. They made themselves a demon before we even got to them in the first round. And yep. guess what happened? They overcame it. Because in our last <clears throat> five games against the Rangers, we swept them in the bubble, so we won those three. We beat them again at home this season, so that's four. So we're four one and zero against the Rangers in our last five. You have won the majority of these games against the Rangers in recent memory, which is pretty impressive, given we have been <laughs> embarrassingly bad against the Rangers in the last 10-plus years. you got to come in and beat the Rangers. Yeah, we do. Make yourself a problem. Yes, you want the, you want the Rangers to doubt. You want Shostarkin to be off his game. You want him to think that they're not good. Even though we faced Gorgiev the last game. Yeah, but you want their goaltending to be shaky. You want to shake them up. Yeah, but you I do. I think it's going to be a fun down the stretch we got some games i know you and i are going to the to the last home to the rest of the home games this season so we'll be able to take those in uh, anaheim detroit winnipeg and new jersey so it's going to be fun 
Yeah, this is Sam Wallace for the Caniac Report. This is Sam Driscoll, and I want to thank Holden Bradshaw for joining us again. Yeah, have a great day, guys. Bye.